Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The Limit Does Not Exist is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. We're here to help you follow your curiosity... Celebrate your individuality and embrace the and, not the or. So you can turn everything you love into a custom-built career that's as unique and dynamic as you are. If you feel that one path may not be your only path, and you call yourself a human Venn diagram, then you are in the right place. Because when it comes to pursuing your passions, we believe the limit does not exist. Bring on the new. Here, here. After some very productive time off, we are thrilled to be back for what we're calling TLDNE 2020. New year, new us, new network, new decade. Well, Kate, there's actually a pretty solid argument that the new decade doesn't start until next year. Oh. 
Wait, really? Yeah, I'll send you the research. I've missed you, Christina. Oh, same. Whether you're <laughs> discovering us for the first time or you've been part of this community for the last 101 episodes, welcome and welcome back, respectively. That's right. And wherever you land on the is this a new decade thing, I think we can all agree that we are so happy to be here. We're jumping right back in with concrete tools, real talk, and a whole lot of inspiration for you as you kick off your own fresh start and or thrilling return. Like how to recession-proof your creative practice, why early career setbacks can set you up for success, and something we like to call a life graph. I love graphs. I know, me too. (laughs) So let's jump in, shall we? We have a lot to talk about. Let's do it. So, Christina, Mm -hmm. I feel like we should introduce ourselves for our new listeners, shall we? We probably should. Yeah, just a brief introduction. I'm Christina Wallace. I'm a tech executive and a serial entrepreneur. I'm a nonfiction writer, classical musician, currently singing with a community chamber chorus here in New York. Fantastic. And I'm an occasional freelance theater producer. So basically, if you were to draw out all of my interests in a Venn diagram, I exist at the intersection of technology, business, and the arts. What about you, Kate? Christina, that was so both comprehensive and succinct at the same time. (laughs) I'm Kate Scott Campbell. I'm an actress. Being an actress, I've probably had close to, I don't know, let's say like 50 jobs to support myself (laughs) (laughs) at various times. One that really stuck was tutoring math. I began a website turned nonprofit turned production company called 11 Bettys with the mission of making math and STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, interesting and accessible to everyone. That led to me working as a writer, director, producer, and content strategist for both my own projects and for brands of all sizes, and then eventually to help fellow creatives find and use their voices. I know. That's a lot of things. That was a lot of things, (laughs) all in one. But really, my Venn diagram, you could say, is the intersection of performance, communication, and we'll say digital media, with a Mm -hmm. significant amount of chromosomes reflecting STEM. (laughs) (laughs) I took the Venn diagram into DNA, but hopefully you stuck with me. So you might ask yourself, how did these two very, very (laughs) interesting women um, find each other? Well, here's the short version. You can hear the long version if you go all the way back to episode one called You Don't Know Grace. That's right. But the short version is, Kate, you made this amazing internet video phenomenon called How I Do Math. Oh, thank you for calling it a phenomenon, Christina. (laughs) I mean, it's more than just a video, right? It's a movement. Um, You made this fabulous video that our mutual friend shared with me. Yes. And I realized that I wasn't alone, that there was another Mm. tall theater and math nerd (laughs) and that we should be friends. And so we asked Rachel to introduce us. Yes. We had a, a Skype date where we talked about our shared interests and... Then the next time I found myself in Los Angeles, I invited you to come with me on an adventure to NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. That's right. You did. Again, you can hear our origin story uh, back in episode one. We also touched on it in our last episode, episode 101, Summer of Joy Reprise. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of fun to listen to those as little bookends of what we've done so (laughs) far. But that's right. You'll certainly hear how much better we got at being podcasters. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes, you know, there is just this beautiful newness is how I'm going to describe it (laughs) in episode one. Yeah, it's just really pure and pretty raw. So Kate, you have to tell them where the name of our show came from because you came up with it. (laughs) I think more accurately, I slipped it into a list of potential names (laughs) and you wrote me this very impassioned email that was like, it's the limit does not exist. That's what we're going to go with. (laughs) Much like Katie Heron in Mean Girls, which yes, Mm -hmm. our show title is a reference to the movie Mean Girls. It takes place in a very heated math leets. I was going to say math club, but it was the mathletes, Christina, wasn't it? It was the mathletes. Yep. Mathlete scene. It was scene. the sudden death round at the very <laughs> end of a very, very close competition. That's right. And the phrase is also a calculus term. So quick calculus crash course. I promise it'll be about 10 seconds. On a graph, a limit basically tells us the value that a line approaches as it's getting closer and closer to some number. So if you've ever looked at a line graph, as the graph is like cruising horizontally, the limit tells you what up and down value that graph is curving towards. When the limit mm-hmm. does not exist, it means that the limit of that graph is either infinity Or it's not defined, meaning there literally is no limit. And I think we both really like that metaphor and think it applies quite nicely to the idea of creating a unique, diverse, interdisciplinary body of work for yourself that truly has no limit to what that can look like. Right, Christina? Absolutely. You've already gotten a sense we're definitely math nerds here. (laughs) So it shouldn't surprise you that the Venn diagram is kind of the other big math concept that we really lean into. You've heard us already use that phrase, human Venn diagram. I think we came up with that in our very first episode. But it basically describes someone who has multiple interests and usually combinations that don't make sense at first glance, like math and theater or (laughs) physics and opera or illustration and computer science, right? Things that people are like, what? But actually, (laughs) that intersection is what makes the work so interesting. We both would define ourselves as human Venn diagrams. All of our guests that we have on this show are in that world. And we would think all of our listeners probably find themselves in that category too. That's right. Christina, I was playing this fun game of like, how do you know you're a human Venn diagram. And it's like like a Cosmo quiz. Yes. Ooh, like a Cosmo quiz. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) So it would basically be one of those quizzes that's like, if you answer yes to any of these, you are a human Venn diagram if you feel like you're doing it wrong or there's something wrong with you, right? Mm. (laughs) Or when you tell people what you're doing or what you're interested in and they look at you with like, that look of confusion or that blank kind of stare of concern. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't get it. You know, what else? Anyone who has done one job or started down one career path and then takes a zig or a zag and wants to try something else Mm -hmm. and their parents or their partner or their friends are like, wait, what? Um, You're probably a human Venn diagram. That's right. 
That's right. So if you are putting things together that maybe it feels like no one else is, or you are wanting to make a change and feeling courageous enough to at least consider making that change in what might Mm -hmm. feel like a totally different direction, we welcome you. You know, who else is a human Venn diagram other than you and me, Kate? Who, Christina? Our producer, Maya. Yes, we have a new producer. And we Mm want to give a big shout out to our new team at iHeartRadio and also to Maya. Christina, should we share a little bit about what makes Maya a human Venn diagram? I mean, we have to, because the second <laughs> we met her, we're like, aha, you're like us. <laughs> totally. She she is 27-year-old podcast producer, obviously, um, who graduated from Howard University with a bachelor's degree in psychology and then went to Loyola University Chicago, where she did a master's of communication in digital storytelling. Yeah, that's right. Fair start. (laughs) What else is in her Venn diagram? So Maya is also a certified yoga teacher, and she's a Reiki practitioner, which I'm so obsessed with. I've never had Reiki done, but I'm dying to have it done. (laughs) It just involves energy, and everyone I've ever talked to who's experienced it is like, I am a new person. So she's also a Reiki practitioner who loves making fermented food like kimchi and sourdough, and the chemist in me is totally geeking out about that hobby of hers. I mean, the carb lover in me (laughs) would like to eat some sourdough. So we both have something in common here. Well, that's right. Um, Well, you you know, I like to talk about how I'm from San Francisco, Christina, and indeed I sourdough. Mean, listeners, <laughs> sidebar, you're going to hear Kate bring this up a lot. Like she thinks we've forgotten, but anytime we have a guest from San Francisco, she's going to say, you know what? I'm actually from San Francisco. So this is your warning. That's I, right. I give you the heads up. And I'll take this opportunity of our new producer, Maya's love for sourdough, to just point out that sourdough is a real San Francisco treat. <laughs> You totally went there. I did. So anyway, we are so happy to have Maya on our team. Thanks for being with us, Maya. Hey, Kate and Christina. I'm so happy to be here. And hello to all the human Venn diagrams. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Christina, longtime listeners will know that we are both avid readers of both books, hashtag bookstack, and mm -hmm. articles. And we love to talk about articles in the show and just find interesting and different points of view that often help us feel seen, right? When we're going through this very in-the-moment journey of carving our paths. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Christina, you found a really cool article uh, called How to Recession-Proof Your Creative Practice. I love this. Yeah. So, not to stress you out, new year, <laughs> new you, recession. Okay. Breathe. This doesn't have to be just about recessions. <laughs> this is really about how can you be a proactive, creative, freelancer, independent worker who is thinking about how to be economically independent, truly, right? Yeah. And so 
This is a fantastic article we'll link to in the show notes. It's called An Artist's Guide to Surviving Economic Precarity. Um, It's got some great (laughs) illustrations as well. And it's really detailed, but it's a lot about how not to let fear and anxiety paralyze you Mm. when you're not prepared for this. Yeah. And how to actually use a crisis to force you to stop and be strategic be really thoughtful and, you know, kind of push you into the work you really do want to be doing. Because as, you know, the the writer Bruce Nussbaum, as he points out, creative people have the best skill set to successfully surf a recession. He writes, who can best navigate uncertainty? Who can meet unexpected challenges? Who can pivot and switch to plan B in a second? you. I need that. Like, (laughs) I need a full cheer squad to say that and record it. I mean, I was just going to say, you could write this out and put it in your mirror if you wanted to, Kate. Or I could record it with some like sound effects and make it my alarm clock. Yes. (laughs) It's just, it's a really great kind of framework. He lays out these four kind of strategies to really think about how to become ultimately how to be indispensable and you know, how to be flexible. And those two things together is what's going to give you economic freedom. So everything Mm -hmm. from be nice, uh, which he really defines as invest in your existing relationships, um, by which we mean your professional relationships. Can I just interject Um, here for just a minute mm -hmm. to say that I feel like be nice should be the first rule slash strategy for everything. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that, right? Like, be kind, lead with kindness. What that does Mm -hmm. is it really allows you to see who is around you. You know, it's that whole idea of diamonds in our backyard kind of thing. Well, and it's like, why would you want to work with people who are mean? Totally. So number one, be nice. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, he really gets into a couple of these strategies we've talked about before. Yeah. But really thinking about... You know, this is your chance to be strategic and think about what you want to do, not just what you've been doing forever. Don't miss out on the opportunity to use a crisis to your advantage. (laughs) I love that. As well as thinking about framing or reframing your expertise. So I've talked about this before, how in my first uh, kind of career jaunt, I was really looking at being an arts administrator Mm. when I realized that when I wanted to go into startups and technology, that a lot of the skills that I developed in the arts were the same skills as an entrepreneur. And I could reframe those experiences to really talk about how I built things, plays, organizations, you know, whatever, from scratch, yeah. built something out of nothing. That's what entrepreneurs do, right? That's and you've right. you've done this, Kate. You've had yes. to reframe some of your experience. Can you give us an example? Yes. Well, for me, I actually kind of reverse engineered it in that I discovered later why I was able to do this other thing. I remember the big aha moment that I had when I was helping a handful at least of brands really find their voice. So I was writing a lot for brands of different kinds and different sizes. And I remember this moment where I was like, wow, I'm writing in this voice. And now I'm writing in this voice. And then over on the other side of my room, I saw this large bag of wigs. (laughs) 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 And I was like, wait a minute, I'm an actress. 
I'm in the business of creating character. I have created so many different kinds of characters. It's that same skill of being able to go inside of a personality that I just felt that I could really effortlessly bring to Mm -hmm. brands to say, I can both understand you and what you're trying to say to the world, and I can also understand your audience and put myself in their shoes to Mm -hmm. understand what they want. That same skill of creating character, character voice led directly to creating brand voice. It's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of times where people's experiences translate from one industry to another or one job to another pretty effortlessly. Yeah. But it requires you to do that work of translating it, right? That's right. People on the outside are not going to necessarily connect those dots for you. That's right. So this is your opportunity to really say, okay, given what I've done before, how might I frame it or reframe it? to help others really understand what I bring to this opportunity. Yes, that's right. And I think it's okay to need to do that for yourself too, to go, wait a minute, this thing I'm doing over here feels totally unrelated to this other thing. Hold up, how might they be connected? When you Mm -hmm. ask yourself that, you really can start to find through lines that seemed invisible before. They're there. One way, if you are feeling a little bit stuck and you're not sure where else you might go, Mm -hmm. is sort of this fourth point that he offers, which is serious play. Oh, I love this idea. Sometimes you just need to play. You need to write or draw or improvise or, I don't know, create a podcast. um, And just (laughs) What are you talking about, Christina? (laughs) (laughs) Create something for fun, not for work, just for fun and see what comes of it. And I think that's a real opportunity when you're feeling maybe a little bit back into a corner or in a rut to break out of that because you're not you're not doing it for any purpose you're just doing it for play that's right and i love the broader sense of the idea of a recession right that this article brings up certainly mm-hmm. as creatives as individuals who dare to think differently we are so well versed indeed in living in these in-between moments right Mm -hmm. whether or not we're talking about what the economy is doing or what's just happening in our own workflow right in our own portfolio and absolutely i love the message of even if it seems like you're in this great period of a drought or of downtime you are creative and curious and clever enough to really find opportunities within it. Absolutely. So on that note, Christina, you found another article. This was one of those that I love when I get a text from you, like in the middle of the night. You're like, this article, Kate, read this. (laughs) And this one is so great. It's a New York Times article that's called How Early Career Setbacks Can Set You Up for Success. Subtitle, Failure is Just Part of the Process. I mean, who doesn't need to read that? Who doesn't need to read (laughs) that? So thank you, Tim Herrera, for writing this article. I mean, anytime I I see something that really reaffirms that everything that feels like it might have been sending you backwards is actually propelling you forwards. I am so game, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and this is his point. This isn't just this, you know, kind of feel good, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. No, this is actually 
actually supported by science. Yes. So there was a paper published in the journal Nature Communications studying early career setbacks. Mm -hmm. And what researchers were comparing the careers of two groups of young sort of you know, statistically identical scientists. Right. One group that just barely squeaked <laughs> by and got a grant from the National Institutes of Health. They call them the narrow wins. Mm-hmm. And then another group that just barely missed getting that same grant. So these are the near misses. Right. And over the course of 10 years, the researchers found that the near misses, the losing group, actually went on to having a more successful and impactful career than the group that won the grant. Incredible. And they're like, okay, that's a little bit weird. Is it maybe, <laughs> you know, due to attrition? Are some of these near misses actually dropping out? And so it's only the the really strong, successful ones that stuck with it. And they said, no, it's literally that the near miss actually made that group stronger in the long run. It reminded them how much they struggled to be where they are, how much work they had to do. It's a powerful reminder that if they're sticking with it, they deserve to be here. Totally. Um, Which is just incredibly reassuring (laughs) to me. (laughs) And I'm guessing to you, Kate, and probably to a lot of our listeners that early career failures actually make you better. A thousand percent. The article quotes Melanie Steffen, who's this lecturer at the Edinburgh Medical School, you know, she famously published her own failure resume, which I haven't looked up, but would love to. And it basically listed the graduate programs she didn't get into, degrees she didn't finish <laughs> or even pursue, harsh feedback from an old boss, and even rejections she got after auditioning for several orchestras. And the point that she makes is that sometimes she looks back on these failures And she sees how much she's actually struggled to be where she is and that Mm -hmm. that is a powerful reminder that she deserves to be here. What Mm -hmm. I love about that, Christina, is that often I think we feel like we can cultivate a sense of deservingness when we get concrete, positive outside reinforcement and not Mm -hmm. the other way around, right? I have this theory that when you're not getting concrete, positive outside reinforcement from peers, people in positions of power, the industry you're in, you've got to make it an inside job, right? You've got to cultivate it for yourself. And the beautiful thing about that is that once you start looking inside for approval, for things Mm -hmm. like, I deserve to be here, that's always there. It reminds me of this Georgia O'Keeffe quote where she said, I've already settled it for myself So flattery and criticism go down the same drain, and I'm quite free. Like, I know who I am, right? I I know who I am. Yeah, and and I deserve to be here, and that comes from me. I think that's a fantastic perspective on it. The other angle that is probably pretty relevant here Mm -hmm. is this idea, we hear it in startups a lot, that success is a terrible teacher. Oh, I love that. that. Yes. You know, when, when a startup succeeds and the founder makes millions and they exit, there are lots of reasons why it might have worked out. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's because that founder, that CEO was the smartest, made all the right decisions, <laughs> uh, you know, was this incredible person. It was a lot of things, right? Right place, right time. They got lucky. And yes, they worked really hard, but it wasn't 
necessarily because of them. And so failure actually teaches you a lot more than success. Um, (laughs) I I might point out my first failed startup, Quincy Apparel. Yes. um, Where early career setbacks, those failures, they force you to examine what are you bringing to the table? Hmm. How can you improve? Where are your weaknesses? Those early successes might actually lead you to overemphasize how talented you are and <laughs> then not do that self-reflection, not do that work. There you go. A little bit of a, a boost to everyone out there who's had some failures. <laughs> Open a limited time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes 
I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So as we look forward into the next year and arguably decade, maybe, <laughs> um, we thought it would be really interesting to look back at where we've been by way of a graph. Let's That's gather right. some data on this. That's right. Let's run some data. And, you know, it occurred to us that this would be a great tool to introduce as we were trucking to the subway together last fall. Do you remember this, Christina, mm-hmm. in New York? Well, sure. We were <laughs> heading to a photo shoot. We had suitcases and bags and you know, hula hoops, of course. Naturally. Um, and, you know, we we had been storing all of our stuff at this clubhouse called Chief that I'm a part of in New York. And it reminded me of an exercise I did with one of my executive coaching groups there. And it turns out you had done this exact same exercise. It had a different name, different yes, context. But that's right. You had done it too. In an acting um, class. Yeah. <laughs> in an acting class. So <laughs> since we love graphs and applying data and STEM in interesting ways, yeah. we thought it would be fun to share our version of this that's with right. you. That's right. And we call it simply your life graph. Your life graph. So do you want to explain what this is, Kate? Totally. So a life graph is a graph of your life on which you plot the major moments in your family, your career, your relationships, etc. We have mm-hmm. created a template for you that you can actually download on our show notes. Yay. So when you look at it, you'll see that there's an x-axis, the line that goes from left to right, and that's your age, right? It goes from mm-hmm. birth until the future. And then the y-axis, which Slash goes up death. and down, well, Christina, I wasn't going to go there, but <laughs> here we are. I just want to be realistic, Kate. 
Thank okay, you. Birth We're to a great the yin and yang. Continue. Yes, right. So then the Y axis tracks the ups and downs of your life and career. So because we mentioned we're math nerds, you know, when I, I was thinking about this, Christina, we're essentially creating a polynomial graph where the domain or all the X values is your life and the range is however high and low the events you put on this graph land. So I, mean, I was the math major, Kate, and you are taking it to an extreme level of nerdiness. I just want to point that out. Christina, this is true. And I'm just going to go a little farther to say when you start to plot different moments and events on your graph, you'll see that mm-hmm. you naturally have these high points and low points. Or in math, we like to call them maxima, the plural for maximum, <laughs> and minima. I'm just embracing it. I'm just embracing the math okay. nerd. Okay. <laughs> and you'll have these inflection points, which is a point where the curve of your graph changes direction, right? Mm -hmm. And so, Christina, I think we can confidently say that once you complete a life graph, you not only have a really interesting and informative visual of your life path, but you can also claim to be good at calculus. Let's just say it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, go ahead and add it to your resume. (laughs) No, what what I think is a really interesting exercise, right? On the one hand, you're kind of like, well, obviously, I know what my high points and low points are. But when you sit down to plot it out. Yeah. One of the things that I experienced was first of all, you realize sort of the highs in relation to each other or the mm. lows in relation to each other where you're like, well that was, you know, that was maybe a, a bad moment, that was a rough year, that was kind of a bummer, but I rebounded from that really quickly. Yeah. Or it wasn't that low in the end it kind of sucked but it's not all the way down you know in the negative y it's just like dipping maybe a little bit below you know the zero line um so it gives you kind of this opportunity to really kind of put in context a lot of these moments that you might think of just as snapshots yes but instead you can start seeing trends like yes hey I had a really challenging year or three in there <laughs> or that terrible breakup or getting fired those were inflection points that actually got me to a major high point as a result of that drastic change in my life. That's right. So it's really interesting to kind of see those connections, those maybe correlations to things that you remember as, oh, that was awful or that was amazing. And instead be like, oh, that amazing thing catapulted me to this other thing or That awful year was just a blip in a really great decade. When I sat down to do mine, Christina, first Mm -hmm. of all, I had chocolate and some nice tea with me because I try to make everything as enjoyable as possible, especially when I'm looking at my life. The way I kind of naturally did it is I just started plotting these like really major high and low points, right? Mm -hmm. Like some of them were really apparent to me. But I think what's also interesting is to look at those high and low points and go, my gosh, sometimes they're kind of both at once. Also, what factors make something a high point versus a low Mm -hmm. point, right? And also, what ends up being all the in-betweens? Like, what takes me from a low point up to a high point? Sometimes, like you said, your graph can look a little bit like the bottom of a kitchen sink. It can look low and flat for a while, right? Mm -hmm. And then it can spike way up. And sometimes the opposite's true. So I found it to be so valuable to start seeing trends and to also ask myself, 
well, what am I considering a high? What am I considering a low? You know? Mm -hmm. Christina, I'd love to know just a quick recap of some of your key data that you found when you were doing this recently. (laughs) (laughs) I've had two big highs in the last year, which was publishing my first book. It was a business book that came out uh, in April of 2019. That was a pretty big high. Yeah, it was. And having a baby in November, (laughs) which was a pretty big high. Longtime listeners can probably track from one episode to the next from when I met my husband, (laughs) when we got engaged, when we got married, all the way now to having a baby. That's a pretty fun through line. Well, Christina, what's amazing is that in our last episode, 101, you Mm -hmm. had just gotten engaged. That's right. Yeah. That's right. A lot can happen happen. in 18 months. (laughs) Right. So those are two really big highs uh, for me on my, my life graph. And, you know, a major low, I mentioned it earlier, is when my first startup failed, you know, Quincy Apparel. It totally bombed. We ran out of money and had to shut down. But that low point ended up being incredibly productive for me. We wrote a case study on our failure at Harvard Business School that I got to go back and teach every year. And it's amazing because so few students ever get to study failure. And as we talked about, success is a really bad teacher. Failure is a much better teacher. So getting that chance to really use it as a case study, as an example for others, getting to talk about it and then, you know, learning from it personally so that my next startups were more successful. And then when I think about kind of a major inflection point, I think about 2008 and the financial crisis, Mm. which happened just as I was starting business school. Talk about recessions. And it helped me discover tech and startups and make that pivot from arts administration. That was a pretty big inflection point for me. So those are just a couple of the data points on my life graph that are really interesting to see kind of how each of them connects to each other. Absolutely. What I'm really struck by is what I mentioned, which is The fact that my highs and lows often are right next to each other. A high that was followed by a low was getting this role that I really, really wanted back in 2014 in this play, which I've talked about before, that then that experience ended up being a really challenging experience. So the high Mm -hmm. turned into a low. But that low led me to pick up a camera for the first time, start making things, including how I do math, which led to this podcast, which is another high, right? Most recently, I mean, it better be a high. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. It is a definite high. You know, okay, good. (laughs) Most recently in the last year, I had another really big high that happened at the same time as a low. I got this great acting job at the Geffen in LA and had a wonderful Mm -hmm. time working on this new play. And while I was doing that play, my engagement ended. Mm. And it was so strange and interesting that. A really big high happened at the exact same time as a really big low. And that low has really been, as so many of my lows are, I think its own inflection point, right? Mm Because when I look at my graph in the last year, since a very significant relationship in my life ended, I see this gradual incline. The takeaway for me is sometimes these high and low points are planned Oftentimes they're not. And Mm -hmm. it's really where we go from them. I think it's amazing to look back, taking one step back and really seeing your career, your life map and realizing that 
some of the things that once felt really defining, Mm. you know, sort of the origin stories that you always tell on dates or job interviews or whatever that sometimes don't even register anymore or or maybe don't feel as significant. I remember I was looking at mine recently and realized that one really key moment that I would always tell someone new in my life when they needed to know who am I and how did I become this person, Yeah, I didn't even graph it. Like I forgot about it. Wow. And I was like, oh. That's so interesting. Maybe that's just not relevant to who I am anymore. And Mm. it's just sort of like this idea that the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves, that (laughs) they can and will change. So I thought that was really interesting. The other one, I am that person who, when they see two data points, immediately extrapolates a line. I'm like, ah, we're going in that direction. I mean, geometry sits deep. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And... It is an important reminder as I look at the, you know, the zigs and zags and curves of my life graph that your career, your life, it's not a linear fit. Mm, totally. <laughs> sometimes it's an exponential fit. Sometimes it's a sine curve. Sometimes it's just an extraneous data point. I'm sorry, it did you just say sine set. curve? Who is the I math did. nerd? <laughs> You're welcome. Be still my heart. <laughs> it's just, it helps me remember to not let that micro zoomed in focus on this one or two moments, you know, help me kind of spiral out of control and, and yeah. really instead zoom out as often as I can mm. and really put into context Where does this fit within my larger story? I love that so much. You know, Christina, we're calling this life graph. I feel like looking at mine, and I know looking at yours, another name for these graphs could be just resilience, right? (laughs) Like resilience (laughs) exhibit A. No low is ever the end of your story, right? Right. Like you always rebound. Totally. I also, it occurred to me too, Christina, that on this same graph, it might be interesting to do multiple graph lines, right? Like of different categories. I mean, I also just love an excuse to use different colors on something. (laughs) But like really, you could do one like just for career or just for relationships or just for even something like mental health and see how they Mm. all interplay might be a really interesting additional application of this, you know? It reminds me of that line in The Devil Wears Prada where Andy Sachs is like, my relationship is hanging on by a thread. Mm. And um, the Stanley Tucci character, whose name I have now forgotten, says, um, he's like, let me know when like you break up, you'll be due for a promotion or <sighs> <Totally>. something. <laughs> I remember that. Yes. Oh, my God. That's a bad example <laughs> of how the data would inversely correlate. Um, we're not saying that you should use that as a template. But um, anyway. But no, but I think the point is, is that you at the end of the day, you get to determine what you count as a high and mm-hmm. and what you count as a low. And even looking at the graph and seeing like, what did I consider? Like, what were these moments of joy for me? What were these moments of struggle? It's also then, I think, a natural extension of that to see what your mm-hmm. values are. If you find on your graph that there's a lot of, a, a lot of your high moments are really couched in relationships, then you know, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something that really matters to me. And if my career is in a stumbling moment, that's okay, because my life is bigger than just that. Absolutely. So grab your own life graph, which you can find on our show notes, and let us know what you find. When you look at your life graph, 
it's also going to be a great guide to say, what do you want to bring into this next don't call it a decade, or this next year, (laughs) or even the next week, given all that you've learned. We love hearing Mm -hmm. from you guys. We'd love to see pictures of your life graphs, questions that you have about them. You can reach us on Twitter or Instagram at TLDNEpod, or you can email us at hello at TLDNEpodcast.com. Or you can go old school and leave us a voicemail at 833-HI-TLDNE. That's 833-448-5363. Leave us a voicemail and tell us what you're seeing in your life graph. And don't forget to dial the extension 803 when you call to leave a voicemail. That's right. As we mentioned, we'll link to the life graph tool that you can download, as well as links to the articles that we mentioned and to some of our favorite episodes from our back catalog, which you can find at tldnepodcast.com slash 102. Thanks so much to our producer, Maya Cole, and to you for tuning in. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts if you like what you heard. It really helps us get the word out to fellow human Venn diagrams. Until next time, remember, the the limit limit does does not exist. exist. (laughs) (laughs) The Limit Does Not Exist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.